see and yeah this week it's a solo one where we'll get everyone back to review the finale and you can get schedules lined up for this week specifically but before I get into the beauty that was chapter 23 of the Mandalorian don't forget that this podcast is as always Sponsored by Akomi and Paisley. Go get your sushi platters, get your ramens, get your pokeballs. They're gorgeous. It's just, ah, it's a fantastic place. It's my favourite place and, in my opinion, the best place um, for Japanese cuisine in the Renfrewshire area. So go go to Akomi and Paisley. Let them know FT Podcast sent you as well. But The Spies, Chapter 23 of The Mandalorian. Kick right off, we've got Aliyah Kane. She's in Coruscant, which is very Blade Runner-esque this week. I love the look of Coruscant and the rain. Um, but he's back. He's back. Yeah, Moff Gideon, she sends me a message to him. She's like, look, don't know what's happened, but the Mandalorians are coming together. Like, they're teaming up. They, t- they took back Navarro. Like, they're going back to take back Mandalore. Like, just thought I should let you know. And Moff Gideon's like, okay, right, that's fine, takes it all in. And we see him and he looks phenomenal in his new suit, looks absolutely gorgeous. And we think he's on a ship or something like that, but it's guarded by the same sort of energy beams as um, we we saw in Naboo back in the day with the Duel of the Fates fights. That was a pretty cool uh, sort of look to that. But he's in the Shadow Council. Um, which is basically the sort of aftermath council of the Republic. Um, so we have we have uh, Brendel Hux is there. Um, so uh, he's meant to be the father of Hux, who we see um, really in the First Order, one of the high-ranking First Order officials um, back in day. And that's played by, um, actually, I think it's Don Gleason's brother, who plays him, um, if I remember correctly. Um, and this sort of all goes down, we hear whispers of Fron uh, getting thrown about, and it's very clear in this scene, and why I like this scene, um, was that it's <laughs> Gideon clearly doesn't like Fron. Everyone else is sort of like, upfront ass a bit like Fron's great he's coming back he's going to do all these things he has his great plans but um, Gideon's like where is Fron what's happening like, I, I, I don't know this Fron from anyone he says he has a big plan but what's happening here and now um, and he's talking about the Mandalorian threat he's talking about his experiments clearly we see these sort of Snokes in the background something's clearly going on with a bit of cloning um, and yeah he's like I basically need some help so he asks for some backup and he gets it and that should have been our first hint as to where uh, he's sort of uh, <laughs> where he's sort of uh, residing um, but this was a great uh, reintroduction to um, Moff Gideon. Giancarlo Esposito is incredible. Um, he is truly a presence that is missed in this series when he's not there. Um, because you had the Swamp Thing Pirate sort of playing a villain, kind of, for the first half of the season. Uh, I think it has missed uh, having a villain arc and something but we get to Navarro everyone sort of uh, <laughs> meeting for the first time it's it's all very tense um, Bo-Katan 
sort of trying to unite and does later on but we get our first look at Grogu's sort of new toy so IG-12 uh, <laughs> which is basically IG-11 sort of body repurposed into a sort of Mac suit and I like that this is the way they've taken the story it was very funny <laughs> Grogu just going yes and no like in the suit <laughs> communicating uh, insistently he's going to try it out and it's good to get Grogu physically involved without it being Yoda and Attack of the Clones, Revenge of the Sith, jumping about all the time. Um, it's allowing them to feel maybe a bit more like an equal among the Mandalorian community, which has maybe been missing um, in a bit of the previous seasons. But basically, we get to a sort of campfire, and Bo Katan's like, right, we need to go and take back Mandalore. I need representatives on both sides to come in, lay down the ground force. So, of course, we get Din, who volunteers with Groku. Uh, Koska Reeves, I believe, is the first one to stand up from uh, the other side, played by the great uh, Mercedes... Um, let's say Mercedes Money, Mercedes Vernado, such a banks, whatever name you want to call her. Uh, and other folks from the tribes, we get Axe Wolves, we get the Armourer, we get Paz Vizsla. Everyone's getting in the action. And we head down to Mandalore, and we get a lot of things sort of going on. Especially, we get to see the night owls um, coming in, and it, it adds sort of a third faction to the mix because they've been talking about reuniting Mandalore all season, and I was kind of like, that doesn't just mean surely reuniting these two factions because that feels pretty small. So at least we've got another sort of group coming in. Um, we get this sort of dinner scene after that. Um, where everyone's sort of taking the blame. Bo-Katan's talking about the deal she made to try and save Mandalore. A lot of uh, emotionally charged moments going on because uh, Koska Reeves tries to jump into her defence immediately. Bo says, no, don't let me deal with this. Everyone seems pretty forgiven um, of Bo, um, and especially Din, who goes to her after this and says that basically we need you to be your story is not yet written um and i will i will serve you until it is lady crease um and i really enjoy this um din sort of rallying right behind bo katan fits in perfectly for his character i believe um he talks about it's not about the creed um it's about understanding respect it's about understanding character etc and Bo-Katan, if there is something that this season has done right, it's building Bo-Katan into a character that you can actively believe they are getting behind as a leader. And it has been her hero work in the end. I'll admit that I was wrong about that and I'm not unhappy to be wrong about Bo-Katan uh, being the villain at the end of this season. What did I say last season? What did I say when we were reviewing it? I said, all roads lead back to Bo-Katan. And that has become true, just not in the way that I thought it would. She's going to become the leader of Mandalore. And Din says it's going to help her get there. But um, we have sort of a confrontation in the ship. We have Axe Wolves and uh, Paz Vizsla getting into a fight. And it's Grogu who breaks it up in a great moment. But agency for Grogu, really nice. Um, and they get into the Great Forge and they're ambushed. So it's important to note, right... By this point, the armorer has taken the injured back to the ships above. Axe Wolves takes the opportunity when they're ambushed to say, I need to go back and warm the oars and flies out. And the episode's called The Spies. A lot of people brought this up online. And the theory among many 
is that the armorer is going to end up the spy. She's the one who's convinced Bo to get everyone together. She's the one who's convinced them to get to Mandalore. She's the one um, who left and said, I will leave the party eventually. A lot of things took point to Axe. Well, see, it was a mercenary, you know? He's leaving at that pivotal moment in the battle. He's flying away. Um, could it be Cosca Reeves? I've seen it was PLD who I follow on Twitter. He was saying that um, he thinks it could be Cosca Reeves. The other ones might be the Red Herring. You know, we've had uh, her jump into Bo's defence in that moment. Maybe it doesn't really mean much at this at this particular juncture because we know that she already turned to the road of the mercenary, she said in the previous episode before this, um, what she was doing things for the price. So, yeah, it's all very interesting. I think we will get a revelation that someone has turned to the dark side, someone has joined in the sort of Imperial, not even joined the Imperial, just serving their cause for their own means. And I'm not sure who I think it's going to be. Sometimes the obvious answer is the best one. So, probably I'm leaning towards the armorer at this point. I think that's where they want me to be leaning, so I'll, I'll go on the journey with them. Um, and if it is the armorer, give me a good explanation for that. Um you know, and we'll really see, we'll see how this all uh, shakes, shakes out in the end. But uh, they're ambushed um, and they, they fend off the sort of um, stormtroopers fairly well in the Beskar armour. And, but eventually they reach the end of this tunnel and there lies Moff Gideon. And he's basically said, this is an Imperial base. This is my house now. I own Mandalore, says to Bo, give him the, the Darksaber. He might live. And Bo's like, no, I'm not doing that again. So she starts to get out. But unfortunately, as they try and escape the situation, a couple of the Mandalorians are left the other side of the wall. And Din is captured at this moment. And it eventually it's a battle because Paz Vizsla's like, let me hold them off while all of you escape. And Paz Vizsla, by the way, um absolutely is this is the way he is a hero in this moment he is the hero of this episode because he takes out every single one of the stormtroopers with everything he's got that big fucking machine gun of his blasting all over the place he's doing everything he can and it's a great action scene. It's a great way for this character to go out because I'm not always late to Pan's Fizzler. All the way back to season one, season two, like in Book of Boba Fett, he has that fight with Din Djarin. Like, he's always been a bit of a dick, but this season he's really turned the road, learned about his son, showed loyalty to Bo and Din for rescuing his son. He's had some really good standout moments and it was great to see him get this chance to shine. But unfortunately, the Praetorian Guards, who we last saw in The Last Jedi... If you remember getting sort of mowed down by Kylo and uh, and Ray in that one, um, by that point he's just too tired. By that point he's just got nothing left to give, and Paz Vizsla goes out, um, like an absolute hero to end the episode. So it sets up the finale. Din Djarin is captured. I think he's going to have we stare down with Moff Gideon somewhere down the line. I think we see Pedro next episode. I, I can't see Gideon letting him keep that helmet on. Um, 
a lot of rumours about who's going to show up. I think that the boys are going to eat their words uh, when they're back next week because they said, no, I don't think Fron's showing up. Well, I was like, I definitely think Fron's showing up. And I, I think we get a glimpse at Fron potentially in a sort of um, end of episode teaser um, of what's to come from him. Very Thanos style would be my prediction. Fine, I'll do it myself. That's that's sort of what I'm thinking there. A lot of rumours about Boba Fett and Benji brought it up last week. I don't personally believe that we are in need of Boba Fett on this show. I don't think it's something I need to see. I mean, Fennec Shan fucking Ming Na. That's something else, you know. You know me, I'm always going to want my Ming Na and my Star Wars. I think she's great, but... In all seriousness, I don't think they're... Why would they want to get involved? Like, the loyalty, I suppose. How would they even get them there that quickly? Rules of space travel seems always at best at times. Um, so we'll see, see, if, see if Boba shows up, see if Ahsoka shows up. Um, kind of hope we just sort of try and keep it in-house as much as possible next week. Like I say... Are we, are we nod to Fron again, but they've sort of set him up very naturally, as it seems. And what's going to happen? What is Elia Kane's sort of ultimate plan in the end? Uh, we talked about the the New Republic and all of this. Does this lead to a New Republic Mandalore war? I don't think that's out of the question as a potential plot point for season four going in after this. Um, especially if we find out who the other spy is in the end. I think that's going to be that's going to have a huge um, part to play. But what do you think? Who is the other spy? What's going to happen in the finale? Let me know in the comments below. Um, in a couple of days, you're actually going to hear a very special episode. Kwaku um, has teamed up as hosts with our very own AJ Simonton and a great friend of mine. Um, you've heard him on uh, the Flick and Reel channel and also at Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet um, and uh, What Real as well, uh, Chris Anthony Lopez um, and they're going to be talking about sort of underrated moments of representation um, that really made and permeated throughout film and TV over the years um, and projects that they just sort of want to shine a light on in that regard so so go and check that out um, our first episode of the Sushi Platter will be coming also very soon I'm excited to bring that one to you but until then thank you very much for sticking with me in this one we will be back to review the finale of The Mandalorian um, but until then it's goodbye yeah, just a heartbeat.